Now then, welcome to the Midlife Film Catch-Up, a podcast where each week two friends approaching midlife analyse a film they've never seen before. We're watching a film from each year since the year we were born. We started in 1983 and we're now at 2003. Yes. Uh, my co-host, co-presenter, is a man who has worked as a comedian, a filmmaker, a little chef waiter, serving assistant, a trolley and milk officer, and a teacher, Chris Jenkins. Yeah. Hi, nice to meet you all. Are we definitely doing 2003 this week and not 2004? I'm going to call it 2003. Yeah, I think it's wise to. I agree, yeah. I don't understand the maths though because I feel like last week's was the 20th episode. This is the 21st episode. Um, it's a mystery though, isn't it, Matt? It is a mystery. Mathematics is... Yeah, last week was 2002. So if you add one to that, you get 2003. Well, they were good maths. Yeah, thanks. Um, so, Chris, just to introduce yourself, maybe you could tell us what motivates you. Time. Time. Time is a cruel mistress. And I just think time is money. You know, time is running out, life is short. I always remember something my Uncle Frank said um, when my Auntie Dot passed away. They'd been together for like, I don't know, 50 years or something. And he just said, it goes by in a flash. It goes by in a flash. Yeah. He, he said it felt like yesterday that I met her. Wow. So um, I've always taken out, I, I interpret that as time is money. You've got to, um, you've got to speculate to accumulate uh, scared money doesn't make money. So What's that? What does that mean? Scared money don't make money, you know? So, um, you know... Well, no, no. What uh, scared money doesn't make money. So you got to uh, you got to follow through. you got to... you got to have... Brave determination. Money. Pardon? Brave money. Brave money. Yeah. Brave money makes money. So you've got to have gumption. You've got to have spunk if you want to go forward. Spunk. Yeah. Good. Good, all right. Well, um, we now we set the scene now, don't we? When where we're recording the podcast? Yeah. Where are we? So we're at Twenty Bertram Road, L seventeen eight UF. Yeah, we're gonna have to bleep that out. And um, yeah, my house. It's Sunday night, so we're, it's this is really seat of seats of our pants stuff, isn't it? I mean, it's post post tea, isn't it? It's after tea. It's the evening of the podcast release. Sorry, Eve of the podcast release. Yeah, release. And really, doing doing a doing a podcast on a full stomach is the death knell, isn't it? Really? Yeah, it is. Yeah. If you were chatting to Adam Rowe from Have a Word podcast, or um, who's the jo- is it Josh Widdicombe? Josh Widdicombe and um, the the lad with the big teeth, Rob yeah. Beckett. Rob Beckett, they would tell you never do a podcast on a full stomach, especially on Sunday night. Sunday night. But um, we should be watching Heartbeat at this hour. Antiques Roadshow. Yeah, correct. Uh, Tony Blackburn says you should be a little bit tired when you broadcast. Why? Keeps you on your toes. That's like the opposite of the football coach saying don't have sex before the night before a game. I think that's more boxing. Is it? Boxing coaches, yeah. Um, so, But Tony Blackburn's the opposite. He says do, do be tired when you're broadcasting yeah well I don't think the sex thing's about 
lethargy. What do you think it is? It's about um, having having an edge, having a hunger, having testosterone, having testicle testicles, testicles, testosterone. Yeah, yeah. Because um, if you expend too much of something, then you haven't got the the sort of animal testosteronic sort of anger and drive. What have you expended this weekend? This weekend, uh, I've expended a hundred and five. GBP, wow. great, great British pounds, um, in a shop called Asda. Big shop. Yesterday we did a big shop that was more like buying food for... Uh, we had a family meal today with extended family. So it, it, I wouldn't say that we bought enough food to get us through the week, but we've hosted a nice meal today mm-hmm. with a sort of chickeny sort of Spanish... Stew, kind of a melange. Chorizo. Pardon? Chorizo. No chorizo. I don't like, I had some off, I had some like weird tasting chorizo a few years ago and I've never gone back to chorizo since. That's a shame. Shame for, shame for some. Shame for some. What have you expended this weekend? I've expended um, £36. On? Um... Food and drink items at Williams Den, Children's Play Centre in uh, near to North Cave, East Yorkshire. Sorry, what was that last bit? N- Williams Den, yeah. Children's Play Centre near North Cave, East Yorkshire. Were you there by yourself? No. No, there was at least four kids with me. Good. You brought them along just to be safe? It, well, they were related to me. Okay, your, your nieces? Correct. Good. Uh, you spent. You 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 shouted it. You took the, you you. How do you say that? You paid for it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Let's not overstretch ourselves on a Sunday night. Yeah. Yeah. You, um, you you said, guys, this is on me for one small round of drinks and my own pizza, mine and Claire's pizza, which was garden garden pizza. Mm-hmm. That's a new thing, isn't it? Vegetarian. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, I I also expended £3.50 this morning in in Roy Castle. Right, The the shop. Now he's talking. Yeah, um, yeah, two two bowls. Yeah, okay, what sort of, why did you need bowls? For the Emma's family, we're coming round, so we needed more bowls to eat from. Griff got a safari truck nice and um a a little train that goes like a wooden train brilliant yeah i'm going to show you a brilliant trick on um google yeah uh, for griff later okay um, but for now uh we're going to talk about the film the return which was directed by andre zuyagensev film we're on 2003 russian our first foray into russian cinema yeah 
um, perhaps ever for me, actually, thinking about it. I can't think of any other Russian film that I've seen. No. Um, I mean, Battleship Potemkin, you seen that? No. I, I, neither have I. Um, I'll tell you what I've seen. Everything is illuminated. I've heard of that. I've not. I've, I don't know what it is. Elijah Wood mm. in the Ukraine. I avoid his films. Why? I don't know. I've I've got a dislike of him. Is that on what unmerited? Uh, well, I feel like he was in the um, Hobbits, wasn't he? He was in the, all the Hobbits, yeah. And then after that, he made a he made some crap films. It, yeah, well, he was kind of cursed, wasn't he? He had the curse of. Was that in the film? In the no, no, not not in the film The Hobbit. No, I mean like he starred in a huge career-defining spectacle series of films, and like, how do you? What path do you walk from that point onwards? Like Harrison Ford conquered it. He went off and did Indiana Jones after Star Wars and all sorts of other things. Mark Hamill was a little bit cursed by it. Yes, Luke Skywalker, but then he did like. He, he carved out his own path doing voice work and other stuff. But, you know, Elijah Wood and Daniel Radcliffe, you know, they look similar. Yeah, I they, get them mixed up. They occupy the same area of my brain, definitely. Me too, yeah. They're always fighting. In your brain? Yeah, for dominance. That's quite That's quite an image. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think Elijah Wood has purposely tried to do more interesting Arty film and arty films, but he's also done uh, Green Street about football hooliganisms. Yeah. yeah, which I've never seen. Neither have I. Um, <laughs> goodness, good. for, for, for a movie podcast. <laughs> uh, but this film hasn't got Elijah Wood in it, nor Daniel Radcliffe. I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> um. And I'm going to introduce a new format point here to the podcast, if Ooh, you don't mind. Juicy, go on. Well, it's not really a new one, but I'm formalising it. So um, I think last week we've got a lot of good feedback on last week's podcast. Great. Um, but I feel, professionally, we didn't give enough context to the film. So I'm okay. talking who the director was, whether it, how the film was received... Okay, just those kind of things. I, 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 I can I can see why we need to do that for yeah. a film podcast. So, don't sugarcoat it. Give me the prognosis. So, this film was the 80th greatest film of the 21st century in the BBC poll. Yeah, it won the Golden Bear at the Venice Film Festival. Lion, Golden Lion. Yes, Golden Lion. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a Golden Bear? I. There might be, I don't know, but I, I was reading about this film earlier and it, it was Golden Lion. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what we're dealing with here is a highly rated film. It was actually chosen by me Yeah. quite off, off the hoof last week. I don't know if you picked up on that. I'd say it was off the hoof, yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, we've, we've, we often strive to look at films that are well thought of don't we like yeah I mean I was affronted when um, Zim Zimmer what's his Ed, Bim, Ed Beamer said yeah. that um, you were purposefully choosing bad films yeah you, you took that to heart didn't you oh yeah it's, it, go, I, 
last words I think about as I go to bed mm. each night. Okay, so we're not dealing with... So, right, okay, so let's talk about the um, synopsis of The Return. Is that the first time I've said the title? No, you... you I believe you did say it earlier, but and, and you said the director's name as well, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I'm, quite, I'm quite tired. So The Return <laughs> is... Um, centers on two young men, Andre and Ivan, a.k.a. Shorty. Was that his nickname in the film, Shorty? Yeah, mm-hmm. it was, yeah. I don't know if it's just his brother, so they're brothers. I don't know if it's his brother Andre that calls Ivan Shorty. Who does the dad call? Carry on. Um, and they, we, we meet the two guys as they're um, daring each other to jump off a tall tower uh, next to a lake in um, rural Russia. Uh, they have a big argument. Uh, sorry. Shorty gets accused of being a chicken because he, he doesn't jump. Yeah, he's very upset by that. His mum comes later and rescues him from the top of the tower. He hasn't been able to get down. And then he confronts his brother uh, later. They have a big fight. And then Shorty runs away, runs back home, um, chased by Andre. And when they get home, their father has returned after an absence of 12 years. Correct, Amundo. Some would say do's, yes. Big pardon? Do's, some, some, yeah. would say, some would say do's. Some would, yeah. The French. Um, is it, yeah. Is, is it French or Spanish? Uno. Let's not. Uno, trois, quatre, cinq, six, sept, neuf, dix, onze, deux. French. 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 French, um, a very stern character. The father, would you call him a double hard bastard or a ball breaker? What would you call him? Uh, I'd say he's a he's a ball breaker, but with the mm. um, benefit of looking like the judge from the Great British Envy, Paul Hollywood. That's the Great British Bake Off. Vic Reeves. Um, no. Frank Skinner, they've um, all they've all melted into one for me. Anything that's got the Great British in front of it, right? I get really mixed up on them now. Okay, so you got the Great British Bake Off, yeah. Um, you got the Great British Pottery Throwdown with Vic Reeves. No, no that's no. a flower thing. Flower arranging, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, not a very popular series. Oh, okay, right. Um, and then you've got the Great British Bake Off. Sorry, no, you've got the Great British Sewing Bee. Okay, and who does this, the father in this film looks like who? Uh, I don't know his I don't know the man's name, but he's a judge on the Great British Sewing Bee. And he wasn't known for anything else before he became a judge on it? He's, well, he's not, he was not, he's not a celebrity. He's known for being into sewing. He's not, he wasn't like, he didn't present, he wasn't from like the Mighty Bush and then he went like Northfield. No, no, he's a, Northfield then. He's a judge. He's a, well, Northfield isn't a judge in the Great British Bake Off. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I assume yeah, this yeah. M- man was a um, was high up in the rag trade. In the rag trade is isn't the rag trade newspapers or is it textile? Textiles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What is it thinking of Fleet Street? Fleet Street. Don't they sometimes call a newspaper a rag? Yeah, they do. Yeah, oh, but okay. it's different. But the rag trade is textiles. I so, he's, so he's probably rubbing shoulders with uh, Sir Philip Green from Topshop. Yeah, uh, Vivian Westwood. Vivian Westwood, Malcolm McLaren. 
was probably there on on the on the periphery. Sex. Do it running his sex shop. Yeah. Um, um, who else would you say was there in the rag trade? Um, yeah. I'd also say that um, probably um, what's his name, uh, Steve McQueen. No, he does the sauce. No, that's no, Paul Newman. That's Paul Newman. No, Steve, not Steve McQueen, the actor, not Steve McQueen, the film director, but isn't isn't there someone called McQueen who does like punk stuff? Oh, uh, maybe, yeah. Uh, fashion designer. Is this? A, is there also someone called Paul Banks? Yes, Paul Banks. Yeah, Nicky Clark. I know he's a hairdresser, but he might be there. Vidal Sassoon. Vidal Sassoon, almost certainly. Donatello Versace. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a really good one. Yeah. Yeah, so we're in the rag trade. Yeah, so the dad's come back um, and he's saying, lads, we're going on a trip, you're going on a trip with me. He's a man of few words. Man of few words, they're at the dinner table. They're at the dinner table, yeah. So he is a ball, he's a, and, a, and he's a ball breaker. Would you say he's a double hard bastard? Yeah, I would, yeah. But at this point, we know his stern. We yeah. don't know the extent of his, how much of a ball breaker he is and how much of a double, you know, if he's a yeah. single or a double. Uh, hard bastard, um, yeah. The two out of the two lads, Andre is quite is excited. I mean, they're both quite excited to go on a trip. If there's one thing you can say about Ivan is that he loves fishing. He loves fishing, and it's a fishing trip. So Ivan's you know in like Flynn. He's in like Flynn, and he he knows his he knows his sauce, doesn't he? He knows his um, stuff. Yeah, his bait. His we need more worms. Is yeah. what type, what type of hook is that? Yeah, um, is that the right? Tensity, ten, uh, tension for that line. Yeah, yeah. It, it, he doesn't go into that much detail, but he, he would do. But he would do. But he, he says like the, in this section of water, these fish were like worms for bait. This bit of water, they're like bread or something. Yeah, that's your carp. That's your tench. Yeah, that's your place. What? That's your cod cheek. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but as the trip progresses. The father does become more and more of a ball breaker. Yes, definitely. I'm going to start. I'm going to start very my turn a bit more in the podcast. I think. Okay. Oh, if you want. Well, is, is that is that if you have feedback on that? Um, no, it's just something that I want to um, introduce to, to the yeah characters and stuff. He does become more of a ball breaker. Good, good. It's more professional. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just experiment with voices, play around, have fun with it. Impersonations, pictures. The um, trio <clears throat> go to an island, so they do up a boat. They um, they tar a boat. Tar a boat. Have you ever tarred a boat? Uh, I've never. I've been on a boat, but I've never. I've never tarred a boat. Can you name how many d- different types of waterbound vessels have you been on? I've been on a catamaran. Interesting. But, I've, got, I've had some catamaran. Um, chat this weekend actually good good with the nieces uh no this was with my cousin good i i yeah i've been on a catamaran i've been on a dinghy and i've been on a log flume <laughs> <laughs> that's good 
Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So let's let's stick to the prognosis. Okay. So before they go on that, before they repair a boat, they also like they drive, they do a bit of fishing, they go to a cafe, they encounter, they almost get mugged. Mm -hmm. They lots of things happen, and the dad is increasingly testing the boys and breaking their balls. Exactly, especially the younger one. Well. Yeah, they both sort of respond to it in different ways, don't they? Andres like wants to live up to his dad's expectations and sort of rises to the challenge. Yeah. Whereas Ivan becomes more stubborn, stubborn and um, defiant. Defiant. Yeah. Great word. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm very sorry about that. Um, Sam, Sam left his phone on. Sorry, I'm not dobbing you in. We can cut that out. And. Um, yeah, so there's yeah, there's like a mugging where the dad goes and gets the muggers and tells Andre to to punch them. Yeah, he doesn't. Um, there's all these sort of little tests. They have to push the um, car out of some um, mud that it gets stuck in. They have to chop some branches to put it under the wheels of the car to get it out of the mud and stuff. Yeah, like it's kind of like tests of inverted commas manhood. That's yeah. We'll get back to that. Okay. Um, and then the tie of the boat, it's, it's, um, it's, what was it? It's watertight. It's watertight, yeah. Yeah. Water, water, seaworthy. Yeah. I don't think it's in the sea. Is it in the sea, that island? It was. Or is it a massive it was, lake? It's a massive lake. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they also, they purchase an outboard motor and they connect the motor to this, this old boat, don't they? Yeah. It's, it's good stuff. It's a beautiful boat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they get into an island I mean the kids are, they're like debating whether it is an island or not like has he took us to an island is this an island yeah um, and it is an island it's a bloody it's an island isn't it they have a wander around they do some fishing they um, set up their um, tents the dad's not happy with the tents they're saying we call this a tent it's, you need more tension in yeah the tent. yeah um Intentions do mount. Yeah. Tensions heighten. You could say this film is intense. Yeah, it's intense. And it's intense. And it's intense, yeah. 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 Um, and then there's a climax, isn't there? Yeah, there is. Are we, I mean, we're not, we're not, we don't care about spoilers on this podcast. No, so. we, some people would say, spoiler alert, we just say... Listen up. Listen up, chew it down. Chew it down, chow down, folks. Swallow it down. This is this is good medicine. Yeah. Um, the two lads go out fishing because Ivan absolutely loves fishing. Yeah. Um, the dad says, gives the dad gives Andre his watch and says, be back at half past three. Um, half past three comes and goes. The kids um, find like an old... Shipwreck. Shipwreck, and they find a really good place to say, oh, well, Dad's not going to be um, angry because we've, we'll catch a massive fish. They bring the fish back. They catch a whopper, don't they? Kill surprise. Dad's angry. Dad's angry. He starts slapping the older one. The Gets o- an axe. And then, yeah, the older one says, you know, the older one comes out with it, says, "What? Well, why do you even want to see us? Why have you even returned from his 12-year absence? You don't even love us. You're a coward. This, that, and the other. Just kill me. The dad picks up an axe and says, "Okay, kill you." Threatens him with the axe uh, just to scare him. But then the younger one pulls a knife, 
from behind, which he's stolen from the dad. Then the dad turns on the younger one. Younger one drops the knife, runs away. And then, just like at the start of the film, the young one finds a, a lookout tower and climbs up this huge tower. Do you want to take it from there? So the kid's... Um, the kid Ivan is on the top of the tower. He's saying, I'll jump, I can do anything, I'll jump. And the dad's like, well, he wants to save him, he wants to save his son, uh, but he's like under a hatch. The kid locks the hatch um, and then the, the the dad climbs around to the top and just as he's climbing around, he loses his grip, falls to his death. Yeah. The dad's dead. The dad's dead. The kids try to return the body by putting it back on the boat and putting it in the car. But whilst they're getting the car ready, the boat sinks and the dad disappears into the lake on the boat. And we should have said that one of the subplots of why they're going to the island is that the dad, the dad alludes to a a mysterious past. He might have been a sailor or something. We don't know. But he's he's got a box hidden on this island and he digs a hole and he digs up whatever's in this box and he puts that on the boat and at the end he his dead body the boat sinks with whatever's in that box and with him mm. and he disappears. And that's more or less the end of the film. Yeah, there is a little bit of extra what I can't remember. They, they the kids the kids like the body sinks into the lake. The kids drive home in the car. Well, they start driving off and then we see lots of black and white photographs of their journey. That's right, yeah. Um, so throughout the film, the, the kids are doing two things. They're um, keeping a diary every day and they're very steadfast in keeping a diary. Yeah, it's good, like the spy file. Yeah, and they're um, taking pictures with an, an old uh, camera. Yeah, uh, and the, and the, we see the pictures from the trip, but the all the pictures um, are up just of the two kids, and none of the dad. Uh, and then there's a few pictures of them when they're younger as well, and then the very last picture is them with the dad. And, and the dad is young on that picture. It's like he's young and he's holding the babies. That's right. Yeah. So it's before his twelve year absence. Yeah, we'll come back to that later because there's a there's a theory about that, isn't there? I don't know. Okay. quick thoughts so I watched it in two sittings um, I think it's a, it's a film that completely comes together in that final scene it's not it's not a hugely it's beautifully shot really nicely shot um, I, I, I was a bit unsure of the acting but in the end I think the acting was really really good um, but it came together that last scene is absolutely unbelievable and it makes the whole film um, a, a fantastic film. It, it was um, there's, there's certain films like that I think where it, they all it hinges on just one thing happening at the end, and that's what happens with this, and it makes it the whole thing uh, an absolute treat. Yeah, a treat. What treat would you say this film was? Um, I'd probably say it was like, do you know a um, Rocky Road? Do I? Um, yeah, yeah. No, but yes, no, but it's not like a Rocky Road. Isn't it? No, I'll tell you what it's like. Yeah. Um, 
You used to get these things when we were kids at like cones and it had a little bit of bubble gum right at the bottom. Yeah, 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 yeah. In the in the plastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't yeah. remember what the cones were made out of. Wasn't it a plastic cone and the the bubble gum was in the bottom? But you ate something. The cone was something that you ate as well, wasn't it? I think the cone the cone was plastic with the bubble gum in the bottom, and there was ice cream ice filling, cream. ice cream filling. Yeah. yeah so yeah. you're eating the ice cream. It's fine. It's good. It's well shot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's well shot. Um, it's atmospheric. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's in- intriguing. Intriguing. A bit of mystery. <laughs> a bit of mystery in the ice cream. Yeah. Um, then you get to the bottom, and you've There's got this beautiful bubble gum. Like a hard, powdery bubblegum. Yeah. Golf ball. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. it's, it's one of those treats. They were, that's a real blast from the past. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's what this podcast is all about, isn't it? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Good. Uh, my quick thoughts are um, slightly different to yours. I think I I was really intrigued throughout the film and really gripped by it. So, uh, and and it, that made me slightly anxious because I I kept thinking, well, the the, the final act is not gonna, it's not gonna, there's not gonna be any good payoff to this. Mm. It's all it's all gonna be really mysterious and intriguing. Or oh, where's it gonna go? Where's it gonna go? But I was thinking it's not gonna deliver the goods. It's mm-hmm. just gonna be a washout. But it was uh, the ending tied everything up like brilliantly, yeah. like beautifully. The whole film was so like well plotted and the story was all just tied together so nicely yeah I thought it was really good and um, I, I I would have liked the film to have been a bit less mis- less poetic and more just presenting what happened as reality because well this, this is maybe I'm jumping the gun a bit but there was a theory that with all those black and white photos at the end and the dad wasn't in those pictures, I read a theory that the, the dad had never come back after that 12-year absence and these boys had just gone on a trip on their own. Right, okay. Pretty out there stuff. Yeah, yeah. And um, just reading that, kind of like... I can... Reading that put me off a bit because I think it's... Maybe that was the intention of the filmmaker. Uh, it sounds quite, quite sounds like it could be. And I was like, well, I, I thought the film just worked on a, for me, worked better when it was on a more realistic level of, the, yeah, the dad does exist. The dad has returned. The dad is taking him out on this trip. The dad is a ball breaker, a bastard. And um, I was really invested in it. There's... Um a podcast about the Sopranos called Talking Sopranos that we both know about. Yeah. And um, throughout, so it's episode by episode of Sopranos. It's presented by Michael Imperioli, who plays Chris. Yeah, Chrissy. Chrissy. And uh, Steve Schripper, who plays... Bobby Bacala. Bobby, Bobby Bacala. And often on those um, podcasts, Michael interprets the ep- uh, episodes in one way. He finds hidden meanings. He finds sub subplots and... Um, theories around around episodes, whereas Steve Schripper just looks at it on a base on a you know surface level. This is what you get, and this is what yeah. you get. And I think this film it it just deserves to be seen on a Steve Schripper level, on a Bobby Bacala level. It just seems like what you see is what you get. Yeah. No 
highfalutin sort of yeah. theories and stuff. And another thing, you can judge a film on a on a theory that some punk has put on the internet. No, I mean, I don't know. I, I thought it was a pretty valid theory, to be honest, because all those black and white photos at the end, it's pretty hammered home that the dad is not nowhere to be seen. But I think that paired with the fact that uh, and we sort of scared over this in the synopsis they do all this stuff to return the to return the dad back to the land on their own without his help so they are they are they can look after themselves they can have fun by themselves they can live a full life on their own and I think that I think that that's the point I I thought something really similar but I thought it was like a weird contradictory thing that the dad is teaching them all these really horrible lessons. Like he tells them, cut up the branches, put the branches under the car wheels. Uh, he te- he kind of teaches the older one how to drive. Very briefly, he says, put it in. He said, find the biting point or something. Put your yeah. foot on the gas and find the biting point. So he teaches, the, he, and he does it in really horrible ways. Teaches them all these like rites of passage, manhood, BS. And... But then when they're trying to move his dead body at the end, they use, they cut up branches mm-hmm. and they put his body on the branches like like the, they were doing with the car and they, they drive off at the end like he's, the kid has suddenly learned to drive. So is that what you're saying? Kind of. And, and uh, with the branch thing as well, he says, get the axe and you think, oh, yeah. they're going to chop up the body. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just thought that it was perverse. It was perverse, like, is it saying they would not have learned those things without the dad coming into their life? But then why have they learned those things? All he's taught them is how to move a dead body. So I thought it was kind of like some sort of comment on masculinity. Yes. It's a real... Humdinger, isn't it? It is, yeah. The, the the more you drill into it, the more mysterious it gets. De- like definitely, like, yeah. There's the there's the thing with um, they don't call him dad, or um, Ivan refuses to call him dad. Yeah. Then when they see him sink into the sea, the first one shouts dad, dad, and then Ivan shouts dad and runs after him as well. Yeah, it, yeah. What do you call your dad? Uh, pops. Pops. What do you call your dad? Um, I haven't spoken to him for about four years, three or four years. So yeah. I don't really. But I would have said that. Yeah, I would say that. I would. I would have said that. I would say that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What are you going to um get um Griff to call you, Chris? Um, probably um. Dicky Mint. Right. Yeah, that's his. Dick, yeah. Dicky Mint or Chris. Or um Jenks. Yeah, or um Jenk yeah, Jenko. Jenko would be good. Yeah, Jenko Bilbao. Jenko Biloba, yeah. Biloba. <laughs> like the drink, yeah. Um or just um sweet taste. Right, yeah. Or, or money. He called me money. That's good, yeah. yeah. That's good, yeah. He could, a money. Um before we get back to the film. Uh, I, I want you know. Obviously, last week was a big controversy with mm. Monster Munchgate. Um, 
I know that you did a poll on Instagram yeah. asking people, what did you ask the question? What was it? Well, our, whoever runs our um, Instagram channel yeah, uh, ran a poll asking if people were Team Munch or Mears Haters. And what were the results? Because you've been a bit shy. Whoever's running the Instagrams have been a bit less f- yeah. than forthcoming on the results of yeah. that poll. Well, with, my, I mean, I don't really understand it, but with uh, in, internet marketing, yeah, it's all about uh, user-generated content. You, you, yeah, I, I don't know if we need to get into um, social media marketing. Mm. What what were the results of the poll? No, it's just it was just a poll. And it was are you a maze hater or are you team munch? It sort of gets people bought into what we're talking about, and it's just, just a different way of interacting with the um, with the fans. With the, with the fans, yeah, yeah. But um, what were the results? No, there were no one, no one voted. I voted three times on three different accounts. So Did you? That's not true. Oh well, maybe I haven't um, checked then. Have you checked? Well, whoever runs the Instagram needs to check. <laughs> yeah. I assume that we didn't have any votes. We haven't got time to be checking this now. Okay, well, next week right. we'll reveal the... Um, we'll, re- we'll reveal the... Um, the results of the results. Results. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was going to be a big thing this week. Yeah, that would have been good. It would have been good. It would have been good. Um, I will just say last my last thoughts on Monster Munchgate. I think I let you off pretty lightly, if I'm honest. Uh, like, you said... I'm not going to rake over the grave. You said Monster Munch was a bleak crisp, and that's fine, whatever, you're entitled to your opinion. But when I said, what crisps did you grow up on? Mm. One of the, you said ready salted mm-hmm. was one of them. <laughs> and the other one you said was salt and shake. And salt and shake, I, I had salt and shake occasionally as a kid. You can't say that Monster Munch is a bleak crisp and then talk about Salt and Shake in the same sentence. Salt and Shake is like Victorian in its outlook on life. Like you get a sachet somewhere in a packet of salt. Mm-hmm. Half the time it's like mush. It's the like salt. the salt. Mm-hmm. You get your blue packet of salt, you rip it open. It, it doesn't come out like nice dry table salt. It's like mushy salt. You could barely get it out of the blue packet. And you have to put that on your sort of tasteless. It doesn't even stick to the crisps. That's like from the dark ages, that crisp. That is a bleak crisp. Well, I'm going to shock you now. Go on. Even more. Go on. I didn't used to put the sashi on the crisps. <laughs> I can't believe this. True, that's true. Hey, you're Honestly, joking me. I didn't. I, I can't. Didn't, it's just getting worse. I didn't shake. I didn't salt. I would throw, throw them away. And sometimes you get two sashes. Would you? I threw them away. Sometimes you'd get no sachet. Sometimes you get no, and that would be fine with me because I wouldn't use them anyway. You just used to eat un- unsalted crisps? Yeah. And, and 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 you think Monster Munch is bleak? Yeah. I mean, I didn't say that Monster Munch is bleak. I said that, I think, I mean, if, to to express it now, I found the uh, aesthetic of Monster Munch troublesome and it put me off eating them for a number of years. And eventually I did eat them and I, I enjoyed them. Because it was horror-based food. It was horror-based food, yeah. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, you've shown you you want to watch Woof on 9-11 <laughs> and you call him Monster Munch of Bleak Chris. I, I'm, I'm not... It's some, some things you can't forget. 
Yeah. No, I mean... I, I can forgive, but I can't forget. Yeah. Yeah. That's... Yeah. Ratings. Ratings. Um, uh, I've got one more quick thought on the film. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you'll notice this, but I nearly switched off the film. Okay. The dad comes back. They're all sat around the dinner table. Yeah. Did you hear what I heard? I don't think so. Pouring bottles of wine yes yeah and i was like i was cringing oh, it really? was so tense you know i've said i don't like sound of pouring liquids mm-hmm. something about this film brought it all back to me well it was a, there was very sparse um dialogue in the film wasn't there and there was a yeah. lot of tension yeah. so i can imagine like the film that you didn't see the um the, the one that me and joe covered in um yeah, the the Taiwanese one. Yeah, that was, that was very also sparse dialogue, and all the sound effects were turned up to the. I mean, but like the scene was really tense, mm-hmm. wasn't it? The dad was sitting there at the head of the table. He was in a horrible house. In a horrible house, and like he pouring this bottle of wine, and he's like mate forcing the kids to drink, and he, and then like he poured one glass and he pour, pours another, and then I thought, oh. And then, and everyone's quiet and silent. And then he and then I thought, oh well, that's finished. And then he, he got the water jug out, and <laughs> he started to, started pouring water. I thought, when's it going to end? And I was having sort sort of like flashbacks, and I've always wondered like whether my like something about that sound of pouring liquids, maybe that I don't know. I've always thought about this the sound of my dad urinating into the toilet bowl. Right, okay. Um, like this one like time I can remember that when I was really young. I was in the room, same room as him. Um, and something about watching that scene reminded me of the tension that I felt. Right, wow. So it was, it was harrowing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, very similar to the subject matter of the film. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So I think... I'm kind of like, I get, it's kind of unlocked something a little bit of, of why I'm so uncomfortable with, well, to be honest, I I, I have always suspect, I've not been completely honest, I have always suspected that's why that's I don't like the sound of pouring liquids, because of that, right. and this film just kind of like, experiencing that scene in that way, mm-hmm. like, maybe think that probably is why I don't like the sound of pouring liquids. Yeah, not not a nice thing to experience. No, I mean it's a natural thing, but yeah. but it's something about the the distance between and 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 the fear of my dad that that made that makes me associate that sound with uh, with something more tense. Whereas I I often weigh in front of Griff, my son, and my my son weighs in front of me, obviously. Um, but I, I guess our relationship is totally different yeah and I, I grew up uh, my bedroom was right next to the toilet in my childhood home yeah uh, thin walls yeah I had every ablution that went on in there did you yeah uh, every single one 
Yeah. Well, if I was in the, if if I was in the adjoining room and I was awake, yeah. Yeah, every single every single. Unless it, well, and that's why I love music so much. Because you just drown out the the sounds. Yeah, I thought. Yeah. I don't need to listen to that. I can listen to Pato Banton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Put on. Uh, yeah, put on Baby, Baby Come Back or Bubbling Hot. Mm-hmm. Bubbling Hot, is that uh, is that Shakadima and Pliers? No, it's uh, Pato Banton featuring Rankin Roger. Okay, <laughs> good, good. Um, yeah, so, yeah, well, that's, so you were right next to the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah, fair, fair dinkum. Well, at least you could get to the bathroom quickly. Go uh, yeah, but what I, was, what I think what I was saying was that that's, that hasn't given me an aversion to hearing running water on screen um, because anyone you know 99% of the people that were doing ablutions in that bathroom got on well I got on well with them and I didn't have a problem with them so you you associate it with fondness <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah okay yeah I love it yeah good good alright then um, Relax, it relaxes me alright what about the sound of like a bathroom fan does that relax you as well did, um, did, did you well did, did you have a sorry to uh, make assumptions about privilege, mm. did you have a bathroom fan? We didn't. Yeah. We didn't have a bathroom yeah. fan. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, How did you counteract the condensation? Well, um, I think we probably had a damp problem for a lot of the time. I think we had... Um, I mean, your dad worked for Everest Double Glazing. Yeah, and we did have a... Or we do, my mum and dad still live in the same house, have a big long window in the bathroom. And there's two windows that open, um, yes. and I've I've sometimes had to climb into that window to get into the house if I've locked myself out. Yeah, good, good. But but I'm assuming they were double glazed in the bathroom, mm. so so you would have had to open the windows when you had a shower. Yeah, yeah, and that that led not led to issues, but I enjoy to sing in the shower. Yeah, um, and the bathroom faces onto the nearest neighbour. Right, the Mormons, the Mormons. They were Mormons at the time. Yeah. You didn't notice. You didn't mention that. Um, you know, like twenty episodes ago. Yes, I have. Okay, okay. Have, yeah. um, so, so they would hear me, you know, singing along to uh, Pato Banton in the shower and Rankin Roger. Yeah, with you know, probably to my shame, you know, using Jamaican patois. You right? Yeah, yeah. We will done that I, I, I'd say I mean Ali Campbell makes a career of it that's true no one no one cares about that does he? no one cares about that um, cultural appropriation I know I know uh, but your dad is also a compulsive singer isn't he he sings two there's two songs that he sings two songs in his repertoire yeah go on uh, Gypsies, Tramps and Thieves yeah um, and um, South of the Border down no no not South of the Border down Mexico where um He's got well. To be fair to him, there's a few Rolling Stones one, and, and there's a few um, the animals songs by the animals. Uh, please don't uh, let me be misunderstood. Yeah, but he's more is that, of a House of the Rising. Yeah, he's, yeah, right. More of a House of the Rising Sun man. Yeah, I mean, it's an absolute barnstormer, isn't it? Yeah, it's a very, very good song. Yeah, I don't think you can get much better than that. No, it's top tier. It's top tier stuff. Just his voice. Yeah, uh, Eric Burden. Is it? Mm-hmm. Wow. And he, and he was so young when he was singing that. Have you seen the vid, him singing it? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, rating. Should we move on to rating? Yeah. Um, I've only got one rating. 
So it's going to be really quick. There's a bit of troublesome um, context about this film as well. I didn't mention at the end. Did you read this about the the actor? I did. Awful business. So that that really shook me when I watched the film. And it's quite a sort of it's a harrowing harrowing film, film anyway to watch. Yeah, and then yeah. immediately after I read about it and um, the the young actor who plays Andre, who was a, a absolutely brilliant actor and there's there's like so much he does in that film that's really like stays with you he's got like a little smirk on his face for a lot of the time and it's really like endearing yeah um he's like he's he's, he's got these big wide eyes um so you you immediately like connect with him he's it was an absolutely incredible actor um and he he died by jumping off a tower into a lake very similar to the situations in the film only a few weeks after they stopped filming the film. He drowns in a lake very close to the lake they were filming. Yeah. In. It was nothing to do with the filming. but No. But, well, didn't they say some... I read somewhere that the tower in the film is based on the tower, the, 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 the actual tower that he um, jumped from. I didn't know that he, he died from... I didn't know there was a tower involved. I just read that he drowned. Yeah. yeah um, but, yeah... Uh, Really, really sad, and I don't think they like went public with it, did they? Until for some, I don't really understand this, but until the fil- film had been released and like won awards and stuff, that's when they. No, that's when they sort of announced it. But um, I, I, I yeah, I thought he was incredible. I, th- were, I thought all three actors in this film were amazing, mm-hmm. unbelievable, and and I would say to people. Don't hold back. Go and watch this film. What, yeah. what, what would you say? Yeah, I would. I think there was a part of me that... So my friend uh, Kev, who I've mentioned on the podcast before, yeah. is studying film at the moment. Yeah. And he said something about there's, there's like a undefinable quality to student films that you can always tell that makes you... means you can tell that they're a student film and not a like a real film. I agree with him. And I did. I, I kind of felt in moments in the first maybe two thirds of the film that this film had that quality sometimes. And also, what I realised is, um, I mean, I'm not trying to slag this film off or put people off watching the film. Definitely watch the film. But um, there's like some ADR. Do you know what ADR is? Uh, it's where they dub it in post. Yeah, additional yeah. dialogue recording. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's some ADR with Andre at the end and it's it's blatantly not him speaking I I, I sense that uh, like a few times with Andre, Andre I thought they they dubbed I, I almost thought they, they dubbed his voice for the whole film at one point I th- yeah well I think it's just they had to do some ADR after he died because it just doesn't it doesn't match up with him at all does it right they'd use someone else's yeah, voice yeah I reckon I, I agree with Geordie Kev that there is a quality to student films that you can tell as student films but I, I, I don't think it's unidentifiable. I, I think you can often identify it's like it's ropey editing or it's nine times out of ten it's bad sound. Mm. Uh, yeah. And, and and yeah. And whenever I make a film and I watch it back, I'm like, why is this awful? Like I've done everything I can to make it good, but it's still just looks tiny. And sa- looks and sounds amateur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just uh, what do you yeah. call them? Marginal. Yeah. Marginal gains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, on a film, you have hundreds of people working towards a common goal. Yeah. If you're doing it with three people, it's going to show. But uh, just on this film. Yeah. 
budget to say probably under half a mil. I know that was unbelievable. Um, but yeah, let's let's move let's on. Let's move on. I would just say go out, go to your nearest blockbuster, and just rent it. Just just um, just like um, rent just wherever you can. Head to your local news agent, pick a flick wherever you get your love film. Love film. Just you know, go on your love film. Log into love film. Update your watch list and get that DVD. Yeah, in the post. we'll put that as a priority on the top of your uh, watch list on Love Film. Yeah, definitely. Um, head to your library. Yeah, uh, if you got if they got a video section, DVD section, rent it. Mm. Do rent it. Maybe you've got an hour price. Buy it at hour price because you'll watch this again and again. You will just get it. Head to your, head to your nearest W H Smith. Go to the first floor and just 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 buy it. Just go up to the desk. Yeah, and, and say to them, I'd like to watch The Return, two thousand and three. Some some Woolworths do have a small world cinema um, section. Just go into Woolworths yeah. and say, where is your world cinema section? They'll say it's you know it's just those shelves there. It's just at the back. Yeah, um, just yeah. And if they don't have it, say, well, this one, The Golden um, Lion. Why is it? Why is the Why is The Return two thousand and three not in it? Because it won The Golden Lion. Yeah, exactly. Just head to Probe Records. On uh, Matthew Street, and uh, and uh, say, do you have a video section? Yeah. And if they don't say, well, I think you should be stocking the return. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Virgin Megastore should have it because Virgin Megastore is very, very well, yeah, organised and extensive. Yeah. Um. So just just go in there, and you know there'll be a there'll be a mosher greb, there'll be a grebo, won't they? What's that? A uh, person who like loves. Um, like metal music, a metal yeah. If if you if you're in London, if you're in the Piccadilly, so go to Empire Rec- Is it Empire Records? Yeah, yeah. something records. I, I went there a couple of times. Do do write in if your name's Liam, and yes. let me know. count okay yeah did you see any geese in this film um no i didn't have a think i didn't have a thought about geese in this film um, the rooster in the background right yeah okay yeah so giving it giving it a couple of points maybe no I, I'm, I'm gonna say there was no geese in this film all oh, right okay yeah is it does a rooster not count nope i was getting it i was thinking oh here we go yeah there was a rooster in the background um and then they headed out Onto a massive lake, I thought, here we go. Yeah. You know, geese overhead. Mm-hmm. A, fl- a V formation mm-hmm. of geese. Yeah, yeah. Nothing. Not a sausage. But it was very, um, it was very uh, arid. Not arid, but the la- the landscape. There was nothing going on there, was there? There was fish in the water. Yeah. There was no, like, wildlife or anything. There was no wild boars that they were catching. No, but I don't think that's a reflection on geese. I think, I think, I think, you know, you know. They could have. Uh, shot the lake with reflections of geese. But they should they should have done in hindsight. In in they should have had the foresight to do that. Like if like you could be in north north Merseyside, you could be in Formby High Town, Freshfields. That's a bleak flat landscape. But yeah. they still have still have tons of geese flying towards them, and and they're all going towards Canada. Right and Canada, Russia, more or less the same country, isn't it? Is, is that what? So they've, you've got in your mind, you've got yeah. Daniel Radcliffe and yeah. you've got Elijah Wood, yeah. And then if you've got somewhere else where it's Canada and Russia together, as uh, well, 
they're um, they're connect the same landmass kind of doing it. I'll have I to check it, that. Yeah, no, check that. Well, I've got this book here actually. You see that? I mean, that's just flags of the world. That's not going to have a map. Has it got a map? Just read right. the title of the book out for listeners. <laughs> <laughs> All countries, capitals, and flags of the world. It's good, though. Like, this is a children's book, essentially, isn't it? It's a bloody good book. Uh, but yeah, no, Russia is definitely connected to Canada. Okay, well, write yeah. in, write in, please. Um, no, I don't, I don't think I, you should look at all countries, all flags of the world to to find out whether right. Russia is I mean, connected to I, I, I Canada. Know it, I know it is. Yeah, um, Russia. I think what we should do, Chris, because we have to minimise editing for this podcast. Yes, yeah, right, let's move on. Uh, so, have we, are we done with the film? Um, I think I've said everything that I want to say. Great British sewing bee. Um, oh, what I was going to just say that I haven't said is they do the photography and the diary writing, which you, you wouldn't class as traditionally um, m- m- ma- uh, masculine pursuits. Writing a diary. And, and and they also had quite flowery um, bed sheets in the, in the tent. Good observation. Uh, I didn't notice that. I didn't notice. Uh, but on a terms, it, like on, on like a bloke scale, I'd say this was like nine, nine out of ten, 90%. But do you think it was... Like, this was blokey stuff. But like, it's a critique of blokey stuff. Oh, no, definitely it is. But Russia is a... They are double hard. They are hyper-masculine, aren't they, Russians? Would you say the further east you get in the world, the more blokey you get? Without shadow of a doubt, until you reach China. What do you say about China? Mm. Well, Chinese culture is very masculine. Is it? Actually. So, yeah, that's so. what I was thinking, yeah. Just like, just like, but I, I agree with your comment. Yeah, the further east you get, the deeper children's voices get. Like, 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 um, where I live, there's a lot of Romanian community living there, and all the children have really deep voices. And the children in this f- Russian film mm-hmm. had really deep voices. That's true, yeah. And I've noticed it with Eastern European children, they have a lower register of speaking. Than, okay. Than, than, I, I'm not even because uh, we have some Eastern European listeners. I know, but I'm I'm not even joking, making jokes here. Like, I I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna die on that hill. I'm gonna stick my neck out and say like, if you're into linguistics, there might be something. I, I don't know, but I I I am willing to die on this hill that that they in Eastern Europe the children do speak on a lower register of pitch than. British and American children. So do they, do they not have choirs? Children's choirs? No. No, they can't. It's a, it's a, it's a physical impossibility. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're, we're running out of time. Yeah. Let's move on to your stand-up progress. Uh, uh, okay. Well, you said a very good joke that I feel like I should repeat on here uh, t- mm, tonight. But I, this is not my, I'm not the one in, this is not my stand-up training session. Well, I'll just quickly say it. So I offered you a cup of tea. You said yes. I said English breakfast. And you said? No, just a cup of tea. 
that's good. That's that's why you're the guru and I'm the. No, I mean that. No, that's just my material, and 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 you can't use someone else's material. Well, if it, if it, if one of my gigs is good, you know, if I'm if I'm at the comedy store and I'm struggling oh, a little bit, junglers. Yeah, if I'm at junglers and I'm struggling, I might say, I might do that one. Some things are difficult to. Uh, so this is what I want to talk to you about. So this this other piece that I've written, yeah, um, it's going to be quite difficult to translate in a club setting. Why? Uh, well, basically, what I do is, if I see a field with some livestock in it, mm-hmm. I say, oh, they could get loads more cows in that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's like uh, so. If you're out and about. Mm. And you see a field full of animals, you'll say, say it again. So if there's a, it, say there's a field and there's maybe, you know, 30 sheep in the field. And usually when you see sheep in the field, they're all sort of bunched up in one corner. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You say, oh, I could get loads more sheep in there. That's brilliant. Let's, so how would we get that in, how would you say that in a club? Um, say, oh, you know, when you... Well, I'll tell you what I could do, ask someone... What do you do? And they say, I'm a farmer. Yeah. And I'll say, well, tell me something. How many sheep do you have in your fields? Yeah. And they say, 20. 20. And I say, how big? How big? How, what's the acreage? Uh, five. Yeah. Sorry for the um, dogs, guys. It's um, just the neighbours um, just leaving the building with some dogs. <laughs> uh, let's stick, stick to the stand up. Um, how about. Um, it could be more like you like you just you just you act you're on stage with the mic and you you acting as if all this is just coming into your head. Like you could be like, oh, oh, is that, what's that? What's it like when you're going on holiday and you're driving into Wales and you see all these sheep, you see all these fields, and all these sheep all bunched up in one corner. What is that for? And then how would you finish it? You could get loads more sheep in there. Get loads more sheep in there. Yeah. Then it'd be a big laugh. And then you say, same goes for cows. Yeah. Yeah. Try and, try and, try and mine it. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I think that's one of your strongest pieces yet. It's, it's just a shame that you don't see fields from um, stand-up settings, do you really? No. Unless I'm at a festival. Maybe I could save that one for festivals. You could go down to McKinleth Comedy Festival. Is that, is that out in the country? Um. I don't know if it's outdoors. I think it's more like they're in little... It's like throughout the town in pubs and stuff. I'm thinking like latitude. Uh, yeah. That'll be a tent in a field and I can like look to a field beyond the comedy tent and get, pretend that I'm getting annoyed at that field because it could get loads more. Could you... Could you, Even if you're in a club, if it's next to some countryside, could you get the get the audience out and say come with me and go like you know Andy Kaufman got everyone onto coaches and then they went for milk and cookies and stuff. right okay yeah I'd, could you do that I don't really want to because um, Kaufman's not very good is he he doesn't have many what? well he doesn't have many jokes does he he's more sort of art isn't he whereas I'm like a you know I'm a classic classic I can see what comic. you're doing here I can see what you're doing Um I'm more a Bob Monkhouse kind of guy. Yeah, Bob Monkhouse, Chubby Brown, sort of. Yeah. Jim Davidson, John Virgo. Yeah. Yeah, sort of. Uh, yeah, you're a club. You're I'm a, club, a gagsmith. You're a gagsmith, you're a club comedian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, that's fair enough. You're, you're not you're not trying to revolutionize. No, no, I'm not trying to revolutionize. I'm about evolution, not revolution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Um, I'd say put that one in your type five. Okay, right. I feel like my type five is getting quite bloated. Yeah. All right, maybe save that till you progress to um, an opener. Well, no, you progress to a middle before you do an opener or close. So oh, really? maybe maybe save that for a 10-minute middle. Yeah. yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah, good, good. Nice. Talk about 2003, a huge, huge year for me. Okay, in my top four years of my life. Okay, I'd say you go first then. Yeah, uh, so this was the year that I left the following behind Brands Burton, my friends in Brands Burton, and my family in Brands Burton, and your, your college in Hornsey. Yeah, uh, and I moved to Liverpool, went to university. Um, I went from a big fish in a small pond to a um, big, big fish in a medium pond. Uh, yeah, uh, big, yeah. Well, small I'd... small fish in a medium pond. Yeah, I was a tiny fish, really. Tiny fish in a medium sized pond. Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. The pool uh, of life. The pool of life. Carl Carl Young. Where? What did you study? Media and cultural studies. What are cultural studies? Um, we see this mug. Sam, Sam's holding up a mug. That's culture. You see these? Sam's got pointing a bag of squashies. That's, refresher. That's culture. Yeah. All countries, capitals, and flags of the world book. That's yeah. culture. Is that plant culture? Mm. The pot that's in it—that's culture. Yeah, because well, the the way it's designed. To someone's designed that, yeah. Right, that router is that culture? Yes. The internet, um, the internet of things. All right, so culture is things that people create. Mm. Right. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So tell me more about this 2003. Uh, so my mum and dad um, drove me out of Brands Burton. Jim James Cundall and uh, Nicholas Amann waved me off very very emotional but they were or everyone was so you were in the car with my mother and my father and Jimmy and Kundal came round to my mum and dad's house to, to say goodbye and Norm as well yeah so Norm was staying in the village um, Jimmy was going to university himself in Sunderland was Norm allowed at your house, back in your house by that yeah, point? Yeah, yeah. He was allowed. We were buying, the same summer we bought, um, or I bought Elephant by the White Stripes. Oh, yeah. Uh, from Andy's Records. Yeah. Um, and we we, all, we, listened, we gathered around my um, hi-fi, which is still in Mum and Dad's house, and listened to Elephant together. Yeah, it's great. It was all recorded on old equipment, wasn't it? Yeah, Liam Watson. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. The producer. Yeah. It's, yeah, you... you 
we we just must have read the same copies of the anime <laughs> over and over. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, Norm was back, um, and you know we had a very strong uh, relationship then. Uh, Mum and Dad moved me into uh, sixteen Dulston Court in Cathedral Campus in Liverpool. Great. Um, Shout out to Cathedral Campus. Yeah. So in sixteen Dulston, there was myself. And at that point, Brummy Dave was already there. He was the only person in there. Br- Brummy Dave? Yeah. Right. David right. Carrington. Right. Um, and then he was soon to be joined by Andy Lee. Does, does Brummy Dave still live in, in Liverpool? No, he right. moved back to Birmingham. Okay. Uh, soon to be joined by Andy Lee, Cockney Dave, David Wood. Right, yeah. That's who I was thinking. Um, and a German man called Thomas, who, and I'm not proud of this, we nicknamed Jürgen. Yeah, stuff like that happens. Mm. Once I was running down the stairs, so I was on the bottom floor, the only bedroom on the bottom floor. All our rooms were just individual rooms. Mm. There was not the, the only communal area was the kitchen on the ground floor. Yeah, um, two rooms in the middle, two rooms at the top, two rooms on the first floor, two rooms on the second floor. Right. So I'd be talking to Dave on this um, Dave, Cockney Dave on the on the top floor, and I'd run down the stairs to go into my room. I didn't. I didn't run down two flights of stairs. I only ran down one flight of stairs yeah. straight into Thomas's room. Thomas was masturbating. Was he? I'm not sure if he was masturbating, but he was at least having to lie down, and he shouted at me in German, and that was <laughs> it, it really shook me off. I'd say it's part and parcel of student life. It comes with territory. There was one evening where, um, at the time, you might remember this. There was a. Um, Second World War drama on ITV starring Robert Carlyle as Hitler. No. Um, and Courtney Dave was quite a fan of uh, history. Yeah. Uh, he was watching that programme and then Thomas was asking him about him the next day and Tom, and Dave was so, um, so ashamed that he was watching something about Germany in the war that he, was, he just said, he just blanket refused that he uh, watched it. So he was like, Ah uh, yes, I think you were li- watching something about the the war. That's it, yeah. Thomas. The war, yeah. Um, and so the day was just like, uh, no, no, I was I? I don't even know if I was in last night, and he was just completely denying it. So he was directly above Thomas's Holocaust denier. Uh, no, no, just denying that he was watching a. All oh, right. Uh, drama. Yeah, good. good. Um, there was all sorts of scripts like that. Yeah. Uh, over the so Dave used to wear this dressing gown. All the time, Cockney Dave, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and loads of thread would come off the dressing gown. Yeah, uh, and we'd find it in the sink, and it was really annoying. So when he went home for Easter, uh, me and Brummy Dave, or it might be me and Andy Lee, burnt his dressing gown um, without his knowledge. Without his knowledge, but we did buy him a replacement fleece fleece dressing gown because, as an afterthought, because he felt guilty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you tell him what you'd done? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, what we did is we put the fire out, so it was sort of three, two thirds burnt. Hung it back on a, cl- um, a clothes hanger mm-hmm. and put on his wardrobe. So he just saw the charred remains of his dressing gown when he came back. Right. Yeah. Lots it, of it, wacky <sighs> thing. You could have. Uh, I think we said a few times we could have written a sitcom about it. <laughs> <laughs> Good, good. It's brutal stuff, isn't it? Mm. You, youthhood. Dorm that? life. Dorm life. Would you call it youthhood? <laughs> no. <laughs> Youth and young manhood. Right, yeah, yeah. It's um, 
the stuff that goes on, it's uh, it's not always pleasant, is it, really? And there'd be a young man that um, lived two doors down from us. He'd come and knock on our door every other day and say, Hey there, would you like to come and play football? And um, that young man was Ed Beamer. Oh, really? Yeah. And you became friends? Well, yeah, but at that point, you're like, oh, I don't want to play football with you, Ed. So what, at what point did you become friends with him? Uh, well, moved in with him in second year. Right. Oh well. You, so that football paid off. Yeah. Him. Him. Him asking you. Well, it was. So he lived in the same house as uh, Simon Kelly and Andrew Leishman, and I, I'm, I can't remember if I was more friends with Simon Kelly. Maybe uh, we formed a bond, and then there was about seven of us moved into this flat in the second year. Uh, Andy Leishman is the guy. You could do an entire podcast yeah, about him, isn't it? Yeah, I'll yeah. talk about him more next week, perhaps. Yeah, 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 definitely. Good. So, Good. yeah, tell me about your 2003. Or unless you've got any questions. Uh, well, you were still with Mercedes? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Because um, you, you would have been together for another four years, I guess. True. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah it was... Yeah. Um, it was, yeah, it was, we decided to Carry do a long distance thing. Yeah, cool, cool. Uh, I'd probably see her every few months, maybe, if I remember rightly. She'd visit in Liverpool. Where did did she study? She, she didn't go to university. She did, so she was in Bransburton. She was in Hornsey. That must have been quite difficult for her. Probably, yeah. Like, you going into a new chapter. Yeah. Her staying in the same geographical location. But she moves to Liverpool the next year. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, okay. For my two thousand, what year are we on? Two thousand three. Two thousand three. So last year you were, you were in your first year of university. So this should be your second year of university. Was it? Are you sure about that? Well, this is what we're led to believe. Yeah. Yeah. I think I. I think I was there. Two thousand one to two thousand four. Okay, four years, that's... Uh, no. Does that make, did that equal four years? Well, 2001, 2002, 2002, 2003, no, 2003, 2004. Yeah, three years. Um, you Do you remember when I arrived here tonight, I said, oh, that's good, because I can talk about this for yeah. my section. Do you remember what I said? It was some sort of job that you had. Yeah, okay, so um, myself and Will Dickey, uh, we... Yeah, we, we, we got a job at Exeter Airport. Wow, okay. Yeah, yeah um, cleaning aeroplanes. Brilliant. Um, and like, like literally we just like have a, like a, one of those fancy brushes that pumps water out and has foam and stuff. Oh, so the outside of the airplanes, we'd not like, the inside? We'd wash the outside of airplanes. Right, okay. I don't know what the airport was called. Maybe it was not Exeter Airport. I don't know, I can't remember what it was called. And were these Boeings? Were these uh, commercial? commercial these, oh, yeah, these were Boeings, yeah. <laughs> these were Boeings, yeah. 757s, I'd say. 757? Yeah, I think it's like a smaller 747. Um, Which airlines? Uh, oh, B, B, but, BAE. BAE, yeah, yeah. What is that? British something. Yeah, British Aerospace Engineering. Yeah, maybe. I want to say BAE. I'm getting, but I don't want to get mixed up with 
United Arab Emirates. What's that? That's U- a country. U E A U A E U A E. I'm saying B A E. Do writing, uh, Will Dickey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, there was a yeah. So um, there was a boss called Tony Alapino, <laughs> and um, but they split me and Will up. And, uh, but yeah, and I think... Why? What, because she were up to no good? She would... Well, it's just obvious, you know, we had arrived, we'd arrived together, had a twinkle in our eye. Yeah. We were agency staff. They were like, oh, well, they took us, took us separate ways. Will Dickey was a chav? Um, yeah. You could say that, definitely. Yeah. If he's, he's that, would he be offended? No, not at all. Not at all. And, you know, we, we were, we, we, we liked, we liked to... You know, have a daft laugh, yes, that, I'd yes. say. Um, so yeah, so I think Will cleaned the inside of a plane in 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 a, a hangar. That was his job, and I would do the outside of planes um, with the foam thing. Can I ask? And, and then, like after after that, I, I would I would actually like you know like those little hand sprays that you clean tables with in restaurants. Mm-hmm. I'd spray the plane with one of them and, and polish it. The ex- you're still talking about the exterior, yeah. Yeah, it was weird. Like me and another person. So n- no wax. You went wax. And like someone would come and move the thing, the 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 trolley thing. So was it a steps on? Was it moving like steps? Step, steps thing. Yeah, and uh, yeah. It was How just, are you with heights? Fine, fine. Uh, it was a weird job. And then another job I had, same agency. They sent me and Schwartz, aka Beers, um, to. Um, Marks and Spencer's clothes depot, uh, and it was just had all these uh, long, like long lines, long wires with all these things hanging up, and then you'd all be sitting around for ages, and then an order would come in, and you'd just like um, all the clothes were covered in polythene, and the manager would say, "All right." There's a block of 200, 300 things here. Just rip the polythene off all these and send them down this chute, <laughs> down this wire. Right. So then you'd just be, it's hard to explain on a podcast, but you'd just be doing the same repetitive move, movements with your hands of ripping apart polythene and tugging it, pulling it down right, okay. off these coats. And then, and then, I mean, it wasn't like going down to coal mines or anything. No. Know, but we had a laugh. Yeah, and it, but it sounds like an annoying thing where you'd have to like, um, just put the right amount of um, strength behind it to not pull the the um, clothes off. So it's like there's still a little bit of thought is required. Yeah. So it's a bit of an annoying sort of middle ground in like how repetitive it was and how much thought went into it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't like you couldn't get into the flow state because yeah. like it was like the smell of polythene and stuff. It wasn't yeah. that nice? But I'd say. So I'm on my second year of university, pretty just, uh, where am I living? Just living on Priory Road. Um, first time I ever heard foxes mating. Oh, yeah. And I, and, I, and I literally thought that someone was murdering a child mm. um, and I was really disturbed by it. And for years I didn't know what I'd heard. Oh, really? So you didn't, you didn't get that question answered straight away? No, like no one really knew what I was talking about. Wow. Um, so were you just up all night thinking you'd witnessed a child being murdered? 
I just didn't know what to do. I just like, yeah, well, yeah, I, I, I didn't know what it was. I mean, that must happen all, you know, people, I wonder how many, uh, if anyone knows how many calls the police get a year mistaking um, Fox sex for child murder. I think that that must happen because, I, you know, I didn't call the um, police. Maybe I should have done. But Well, no, you shouldn't have done. Yeah. That's it. I mean, it's a moral... Yeah. It's a moral maze. It's one for the moral maze, that one, isn't it? I mean, the 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 the, the, way, the only way I could square it in my mind that night was was like, it can't have been a baby getting murdered. It must have just been someone being really horrible to a child. Right, okay. <laughs> that was the, 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 the only way I could square it with, like, probably don't need to call the police because it's not an actual murder, but, like... It's just a really horrible and pleasant thing. I wonder what would have happened. I wonder if the police would have like, asked some questions and said, yeah, that was Foxy's shagging. Yeah, maybe. I've heard it since. Mm. Yeah. It's it's a really horrific noise, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we think of it, of it as a horrific noise. But really, it should be a beautiful noise. <laughs> Making love. Did they, did they ever use it in that film, Fantastic Mr. Fox? <laughs> Um, no, because we, you know, it goes back to majoring cultural studies. Yeah, we are so, something in us in the way that we're raised. Yeah, makes us think that's a horrible noise. But yeah, really, we should be like playing that song to song, <laughs> playing that sound to our children, and and yeah, we should be applauding applauding yeah, it when we hear it. Listen, to how nice this is. Yeah, definitely. Like here's some Mozart. Here's some foxes having sex. Here's Pavarotti, yeah, Pav- Pavarotti. I mean that that's beautiful. Mm. That's that beauty, isn't it? Yeah, but you know, in another in an alternative universe, people could recoil at Pavarotti's music and you know be dancing to yeah. six a.m. to um, Fox's music. What about the three tenors? The other two, yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, the, the other two tenors. So you got Pavarotti and the other two. Um, I quite like one not too keen on the other yeah 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 um, I, 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 I'd I, be quite interested to hear what like Pavarotti would sound like in a mashup with Fox's mating yeah if someone could um, maybe if someone's listening could yeah. put that together for us yeah that's good because I think that it, some fun could be had with that yeah definitely yeah yeah all right well, I think we've covered all bases there. Haven't we? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah, yeah. That's that's two thousand three, isn't it? In yeah. A, in a nutshell. Yeah, definitely. Have you got anything else to add for today? Um, two thousand three. Um, no, I mean, there's a lot of characters that I'll be introducing to my story over the next few years of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, episodes of the podcast. Yeah. Um, but I think. Yeah, I've I've I've. Giving you the main hits from my first year of university there, really. Okay, good. Great hits. Yeah. Good. Shall we move on? Yes. Okay, so listeners, uh, I'll make a confession. I've completely forgotten <laughs> to choose a film for next week, so I'm going to add that in in a moment. So next week's film is going to be 2046 by the director Wong Kar Wai. And now we can, uh, how shall we end? Is there a oh, right. word or phrase we can use to end this, oh, I this podcast? Um, well, 
So we've got foxes, we've got manhood, uh, we've got masculinity, mm. the masculinity of foxes, foxy Fantastic. lady. Fantastic Mr. Fox, foxy lady. Um, some Russians do have them. <laughs> What's that? I, mean, I don't know. Like, it just came out of my mouth. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> right, okay. All right. Um, tune in next week. Um, it's been lovely to meet you all. Thanks. <laughs>